live from the Impact Media Studios West for the Sports Show. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for joining us. Lots of stuff I want to get into, but I woke up this morning. Oh, as always, you can follow us all across social media. So you guys know where most of them are. If, uh, let's see. At the Impact 99 will pretty much find me personally on almost all social medias, I think outside of TikTok. Uh, Team Impact Media, Impact Media, look up those things like that. You'll be able to find us. If you downloaded this from any place that allows you to give us a rating, review, question, comment, suggestion, any of that stuff, we appreciate that. And now. Uh, I was all prepared to to do what I normally do on this show, and that's open up the show by talking about uh, Rugby ATL. And then I woke up this morning to uh, different alerts, and um, as I turned the television on, I started to see the aftermath break out. So I'm I'm going to address the English Premier League issue going on right now. Now, let let me start at the beginning of the chapter of this. What it was, was a handful of the top, a handful of the top teams, organizations, however you want to call them, in Europe, we're going to get together and make a super league, which we're going to be kind of a, a mini league as they just combined, it was it was from English Premier League, it was uh, Italy, it was, uh, I think, Germany, Spain. It was going to be like 20 teams. There was no regulation. Just basically what was going to happen is they were going to play midweek matchups that were just going to generate tons more money to where these teams who were already at the top of their leagues and spending and other things, we're going to have just tons more money. And uh, it was going to create a bigger gap. And so the fans, I give the fans credit because the media just reported on the fans spoke up. And when they spoke up, this whole idea kind of disbanded because the teams realized they had overstepped. Which they they did, but in doing so, the six teams that were going to do it from English Premier League really, really angered their fans. 
especially Man United, Manchester United. And so that's where we lead to today. The Liverpool versus Man U match that was supposed to happen at Old Trafford, which is the one of the most classic stadiums in the world where Manchester United plays all their games. Uh, first, they delayed the game because there were protests outside of uh, thousands of fans that want the Glazer family to sell the team, and they want them away from the team. Well, the problem... The problem then became that a good handful of these fans, by handful, a couple thousand, ended up finding a way to storm into the stadium in a couple different places. And they did some damage to the stadium, enough to where the authorities did not think it was safe to conduct a uh, football match there. And yes, I say football because we're talking English football. It is soccer for for us Americans. Uh, Because even if you were to clear everything out, uh, for one, they they damaged a lot of the equipment, a lot of the things around there. But even, even if you could get past that, You've got to think if you let fans into the stadium at that point, then what's going to stop them from storming the field again where officials, where the teams, where other people are to where even more chaos can ensue. And then if you say, well, we're not allowing fans in, well, now you may cause a uh, bigger kind of riot-like atmosphere outside. So, they ended up going from a delay to a postponement. My guess is they play tomorrow. That's pretty much the only day they could really fit this in outside of rearranging something towards the end of the season. We're only in the last few weeks of the regular season anyway. But this is what this brings up. You know, I told you it was postponed because of the protesters. Protesters were, were nonviolent for a minute. Until some of them turned violent and uh, really, you know, wreaked havoc inside Old Trafford. They want the Glazers out. The Glazers also on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As somebody who followed the Buccaneers years ago, I kind of get where they're coming from. There's better ways to do it than this. Uh, my issue back then was that the Glazers pick one or the other team and pretty much use the revenue they're generating off of one to fuel the other. So at one time, all the revenue that they were getting from the Buccaneers, they were pretty much all their attention was into the Man United squad. And then a couple years ago, they kind of swapped over. They've tried to balance it a little since, but look, I'm not the world's biggest fan of the Glazers. You guys know that by listening to this show. I'm not one of the world's biggest Glazer family fans. I respect them. I don't want to harm them. I don't want harm to come to them. You know, I'm not going to go destroy something to prove a point. No. But there's better ways to go about this, guys. There's there's way better ways. Uh, the peaceful protests were probably getting your point across. But now, 
as one of the commentators that they shown at the stadium, luckily they were out of harm's way when this all went down. He said, is the purpose lost once violent actions occur or ensue? And that made me think back to the ones, especially in Atlanta, here uh, a couple months ago, or I guess last year, on top of uh, across the nation. Um, peaceful protests are one thing because you're raising awareness for your thought or idea, but when violence and damage to people, to livelihoods, to property, in, you know, ensue, a lot of times the message gets lost. Because what it happens to be is that most of the time the people causing this chaos don't really don't really have a, a purpose or it has nothing to do with the actual fight, the actual it has nothing to do with the actual message. Usually they just wanted to go down there and cause chaos. <clears throat> they just wanted to cause damage. They want to disrupt things. They really aren't there for the purpose. They disguise themselves, you know, the sheep and wolf or the wolf and sheep's clothing, so to say. And then at when the time's right, they spring up and, and, and uh, cause chaos everywhere. I hope that the message is not lost here that the Man United fans are upset that the Glazer of how the Glazer family is running the team. Understood. I think they do. I don't know what that's going to do because here is the situation we're now in. Is that if if the Glazers do not sell the team and decide to keep them? which is what I think they want to do. They don't want to get rid of the team. One, it's a huge revenue booster for them. If they keep the team, are these protests that lead to violence going to increase? Are they going to get worse? And then on the other hand, if the Glazers do decide to sell out and just go back to being Tampa Bay Buccaneers owners, does this set off a chain of events to where fans think if they show enough violence and destroy enough property that they can get their way all the time, because that's a dangerous precedence too. The same way with riots and things like that. If you show that the mob mentality can rule, then the mob mentality will rule. That's not how things work. You should be able to speak out and speak your mind and tell people why you are why you are upset with what's going on. Yes, raising awareness for causes, for messages, should be a thing. But destroying property doesn't do that. Destroying other people doesn't do that. It just escalates things and makes it worse. So we've got it locked on uh, right now. I think NBC Sports Network... NBCSN, who is showing a lot of coverage of all this. Uh, I am waiting to see what they ultimately end up doing. I do think if they reschedule this match that I don't believe they will have fans in attendance as a safety precaution. And uh, at this point, 
Man U has just got to get through the has just got to get through the season and then into a little bit of postseason stuff they've got going on and deal with this. You can't push this off. You have to address this now. And so it will be interesting to see what the Glazer family, what the English Premier League, uh, what sports leagues across the world have to say. Because now's the time for them to band together as much as it is the time for us to band together and do the right thing and not destroy what we have. That's not a price of progress thing. But like I said, Man U Liverpool was postponed. That game would have been going on right now. It's a big game. Both teams really, really need the win. And, uh, you know, it's, it's having to, it's having to take a back seat because people took it too far. Now, on with the show. Let's talk a little. Let's talk a little rugby ATL. They were able to, um, you know, because of the weather, um, I opted out. They ended up moving the game up an hour and a half, uh, which worked out because uh, I would not have been able to make that. I would have, but there was an outstanding circumstance out out my direction that uh, prevented me from doing so. I don't really want to get into that so much. It's not anything bad. Just some people take liberties with other people's time. We'll put it that way. But that being said, Rugby Atlanta got it. Got in the the game. Got in the match before the big storm hit. There was uh, some pretty good storms in between all that. Uh, it was actually storming. Here at the studio where I was watching while the game was going on, but I wasn't quite as bad till a little bit later on. I uh, hope everybody is good from the storm damage. That was uh, a pretty just wicked. It was four or five waves. It was uh, it was really crazy. But I hope everybody is is you know good. If you did receive damage, hopefully it was minimal. Uh, but they moved to three and three on the year, which is great to get back to five hundred. Uh, they took on their rival Nola, that's New Orleans uh, rugby team. And here's the thing, and this is something we brought up to the players because uh, uh, we had some some really good chats at the uh, post game press conference. I think they're just considered a rival because of the proximity because the players, a lot of them didn't even know it was rivalry week until, you know, during the game, after the game, sometimes they were like, okay, I didn't know. Uh, They may know some of these guys, but you know, these teams have only been playing each other for two years. Um, You know, you do need a kind of a rival to start with, but Because I asked him, I said, it seemed like everybody was a little more hyped up for this game. Was that because you were trying to beat the Storm, you were excited to rebound from last year, or because you're playing your rival? And that's when both players were like, uh, yeah, it's not much of a rivalry really right now. And we didn't really realize it was much of a rivalry. But uh, no, we were a little more up. We were, we were trying to rebound and, and show people what we were about. 
Okay, makes a lot more sense. They were able to get the victory 38-28. Let's see if I can find. I had notes on this somewhere. That's fine. Um, it ended up, uh, Adrian, we might have to come up here in a second. Anyway, the uh, it, it's not the effort. The effort all year long has been at a high. It's it's not like, you know, one week it's like, well, they come out a little flat. or No, the, it's very much there. But, you know, sometimes the results aren't. Sometimes you can't quite get that push or you can't find the lanes that you need to. So, you know, they've had to do what they've had to do. But being able to pick up the victory, I mean, it gets against a rival, but you're in the same conference as them. That helps. You're back at 3-3. Three and three. They have the bye week this week. That's why they're not playing this weekend. Um, they will be playing next weekend. It is technically an away game versus Toronto. I say technically because Toronto has been sharing the facilities with them this year because of uh, the pandemic lockdown. It's, it's hard to get in and out of Canada a lot. So at the moment, totally respect Canada for that. Time to wonder why we didn't do that here in this country. But at the same time, that game is, is going to be at the Snake Pit. I, I think it's scheduled for Sunday, but I'm pretty sure that being Mother's Day, that they're going to move it to Saturday. They will be selling tickets for it. You can't attend those. Let's see if we can get this to come up. But, uh, like I said, you can't attend. It'll be at the Snake Pit. It'll technically be a home game for Toronto. I don't know if that means their announcer will be on the PA or what that could in- entail. But, you know, the Arrows gave them a pretty good, pretty good kick in the pants in the first week. And I'm sure they're, they're ready to try to uh, make more of that. They continue to show videos on on uh, of the man you stuff. It's kind of crazy. But like I said, let's talk, you know, we're talking rugby Atlanta. Uh, Coach was very enthusiastic about the the uh, overall play of the team. He said, yeah, it was good. Uh, you saw some people step up that uh, uh, we, we haven't 
you know, seen before, or, or like Adrian, like I said, he had a bad week last week, so or two weeks ago, so he stepped up this, this past week to uh, really show what he could do. He took over some of the kicking duties to start with because they had to do a last-minute substitution early on. Um, he had some runs. At one point, he caught the ball in his own, I call it end zone, I'm not sure what they call it, and he kind of circled back through there, and it's it's not the world's best idea to do that because if you try to kick, it's going to be blocked more than likely, and then they recover and get the, the try. Or if you, uh, you're getting tackled back there, it's not a good thing. Um, and yet he then had about a 35-yard run that got them right back up into a great position. Uh, you know, the tries from the game came from uh, Jeremy Masagalu, uh, Roy Van Voot. You had uh, Escura. Escura had the conversion goal, by the way. After missing the first, uh, two quick scores. So that was in the first five minutes of the of the broadcast of the game, of, you know, contest. Uh, they were able to come back and grab one too. Nola was. Uh, Escura gets a try and then misses a conversion. Uh, Adrian Carlos or Carlse was or Carlse. That's it. Carlse. I knew I knew how to say that. <laughs> Sorry for butchering your name. Uh, Adrian Carlson gets gets a uh, penalty goal in the 29th. He gets one in the 37th. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was 15 to 7 at halftime. Then Carlson gets the try in the 46th. Then you get the big dog, Relinges, with a try in the 63rd, that guy, man, he is he is the uh, the heart, the soul. He is the the just power in this team. That uh, if if he's pushing forward, then good things are going to happen. Uh, there's also a, conf- a conversion goal after that. Ridley Gates also got a yellow card. Okay, we'll let that one go. And uh, then the penalty goal at the end by uh, uh, Carl Say again. Leads to a 38-28. Like I said, they are on the bye week this week. They get Toronto next week. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I will personally not be in attendance. I'll be out of town, actually. And um, we'll talk more about some of the things coming up in next week's show. We're going to get these all back on a normal schedule. And, uh, you know, go Rattlers. It's good to be 3-3 three and three again. It's I, I say each and every week, but, uh, you know, if you have not been down to check out a game, I implore you to do so. I had watched for years on TV, seen it close up. It's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's such a, uh, a passionate, pure game. There's, uh, it's just, you know, two sides. Trying to push each other around and and uh, show the superiority, and it's it's just fantastic. 
Now, let's talk about the other ATL team. That would be Atlanta United, who had the... Uh, well, let's see what. In their opening contest for Orlando, they had the draw. They had the win versus Chicago Fire, 3 to nothing. where Barco had an amazing goal. Uh, Lennon played really well until he got that shiner right under his right eye. He was just going for a ball. It was incidental. It wasn't anything intentional. But uh, he kind of got dinged up to where uh, his play's going to be limited for a minute. Uh, and then, of course, they had the game versus Philadelphia in the was that Champions League Concacaf. What it? What it, I, I get all those terms confused. But uh, they get blanked three to nothing in that one. And even the opposing coach said he thought what would happen happened, and that's that Atlanta had so many forward-pushing, like, aggressive people in the lineup to start with that they just ran everything at Philadelphia for the first handful of minutes. And the coach said, if you can weather that storm, then I think we can win. And that's what they did. As Atlanta started to tire out a little bit, Philadelphia put three on the board, and they now are up three to nothing in the aggregate with way goals, which count and tiebreaker-type things. So Atlanta's upcoming game this Tuesday at Philadelphia, the second leg of, of that part of the tournament, they need to win by three goals, at least three goals, to have a chance. That's going to be tough. We'll see what they do from there. But otherwise, they had the game last night in New England where they took on the Revolution. They lost that one 2-1. to one. Uh, Moreno had the penalty kick in the 43rd. That was a correct call in the penalty. By for New England had a goal in the 19th. And Gill had a penalty shot goal in the 53rd. They gave New England a 2-1 victory. As far as the penalty call there, where the uh, United defender took out the New England uh, offensive player Buchanan right on the edge of the box. It is what it is, fans. It, it is what it is. A lot of people would say, well, he was in the box. Clearly, that was the right call. And then some people say, well, he was outside the box. That wasn't the right call. And some people say, well, he was on the line. We don't know what that means. The referee made the call on the field. And then he looked at it through video-assisted referee, which is not only a computer screen he can look at, but it is somebody in a booth who is helping him out. They look at it. They say, you know what? That takedown happened right on the edge of the box. That counts. And so they buried it, and you've lost 2-1. to one. They had the possession battle. I think it was 60-40. 60% of the time they had the, they had the ball in possession, but it they, it was real sloppy. The passes were, most of them were going from side to side of the field, and they were just, it's like there wasn't a lot on them. I don't know if, if it's because the team showed up the day off. They showed up yesterday morning to play, as opposed to flying in a day earlier or so to acclimate. I don't know. Whatever went into that, 
Uh, team didn't look like it was on all cylinders, and uh, it showed. New England gets their first victory of all time versus Atlanta. Atlanta had beat them every other time or, or a draw. So we know about the match Tuesday that I just told you. They have one next Sunday as well, 1 p.m. in Miami. Uh, struggling Miami team as well. So we'll see which of the two struggling teams can kind of rebound and uh, push off. Now, we all know the Atlanta, <laughs> you can call it a curse if you want, but where former Atlanta players, once they play against us again, seem to get the best of us, well, Miami has a couple. One in particular, LGP, who is looking to rebound his season. So let's just keep an eye on LGP. But I'm not worried about Atlanta United. I'm not I'm not worried at all. Hoping to see a couple games this year live and in person. And you guys should too. It's one of the, the best tickets in town. Go see rugby, go see ACL United. Support the team. They know you're out there. Show them you support them. Um Kentucky Derby. I watched all the races. Because I love horse racing. I don't know all the specifics. It's kind of like rugby. I've, I've watched for years and years and years. Do I understand all of the fundamentals and, and uh, the other things to look for? I don't. But I'm, I've been watching some of these. But the Derby, biggest race of the year. And Medina Spirits. A 11-1 long shot. It's the fourth or fifth best horse in the race, according to the odds. Wins the 147th Kentucky Derby. Here's a weird thing. What they said was that Medina Spirit has never trailed in a race. Every race they have, that horse has been in, they've led. How in the world are you 11-1? Fourth or fifth best on the squad. If, how are you fourth or fifth, and you just blow people out of water? And this is another thing. The fact that the trainer was Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert, one of the best trainers in the history of horse racing. Bob Baffert. It's one of those, had I looked at the field, I would have more than likely, my first or second choice would have been Medina Spirit because Bob Baffert got his seventh win as a trainer at the Kentucky Derby. That is now most all the time. And the best part was, is this was foreshadowed, and yet not many people picked up on it because the odds didn't change. NBC ran a great, great segment where Mike Tirico talked to Bob Baffert, who was in studio with him, and Bill Belichick, both of which have a lot in common. They are two of the best in their field. And they win a lot. And yet nobody really said Medina Spirit, except for the NBC up, the uh, NBC experts, who had the big board that he was writing all over. I don't remember his name. I don't recall his name. But 
of all the experts, Eddie Olchek, of all the uh, people they were asking here and there, and Tarico and everybody else, it was the odds expert guy who said, you know what, Medina Spirit, Medina Spirit, and good for Baffert, good for Medina Spirit, you know, the other big races should be, I think this sets off, it's like the Kentucky Derby, and then like two weeks later is like the Preakness, and then two weeks later is like the Belmont Stakes, I believe. It's something like that, where all three of the Triple Crown are like a couple weeks apart. I look forward to watching the other ones. You guys should, too. Uh, World Trace is just fun. Let's talk a little Braves. The Braves, in their last five games, are two and three. They won the last two, or they won two of the last three with the Cubs. Then they lost that last one, of course. They have lost two in a row to Toronto. They played Toronto. Uh, game started a few minutes ago. It was 107. They are in Toronto. It was Ian Anderson versus, we don't know, because Toronto didn't announce it until probably right before game time. But, you know, the Braves this year, Will Smith in the bullpen has been really good. Some of the other guys in the bullpen are trying to work some kinks out of the game. Okay, their bullpen's not bad. The offense is improving. It's not just about the home runs, even though Ronald Acuna Jr., and smashed seven or eight, maybe nine by now. He's got 19 RBIs. He's hitting like three-something. He's leading the team in a lot of categories. But to show how impressive that is, Vlad Guerrero Jr., who is playing for Toronto, has very similar numbers. I think he has like two less home runs and like one more RBI. But you need more than Acuna. You need everybody else to start coming around. You don't need to rely on the home runs so much. Look at the Yankees. They got all those home run hitters, and when they don't hit home runs, Yankees don't win. They don't have any other way of generating any other offense. They try. It's just not there. The Braves, on the other hand, and I've heard people the last couple days, oh, man, we're in fourth place. Oh, man, we're in fourth place. Go look at the standings. Go look at the standings. You're a half game up on Miami. You're sitting right at 500, and you're in fourth. The three teams ahead of you are one game ahead because they're all three tied. The Mets, the Phillies, and the Nationals. This is how this division is playing out. And this is how it normally plays out. It is a tight race all the way up until the last couple of weeks. Am I worried about the Braves? No. Why would I be worried about the Braves? This team is probably still the second or third best on paper in the National League. They could probably beat the Dodgers. They can probably beat the Padres. They could probably beat the Cardinals. They are built to where they can probably beat anybody in a seven-game series. It may not look that way right now, but it is early in the year. It's early in the year. And like I said, you're right around 500. We know you're going to be on the other side of 500. That's the way this team is, the way they always do. A little bit of a slow start, but it happens. It happens. There's 162 games in a year. So after 30 or so, whatever. You know? There's a, a, over 120 games left. I know that. How crazy is that? So let's, let's uh, you know, Braves fans rally behind your team. That may be... Rally Support. That's the name of today's show. Rally support. Support behind your team and do it the right way. Don't be like Man U fans and destroy your your arena. 
don't be super. You, know, you can worry about your team. I'm not saying you can't worry about your team, but you know, hey, Atlanta United's on a little bit of a skid. Rally behind them. Rally support. Rugby Atlanta. They're up to three and three. They're back to five hundred. Coming off the bye week, they're going to be looking to take out Toronto. Rally behind your team. Whoever your team is, whether I'm talking about your team or not. Braves fan, rally behind your team. We know about the Braves rallies. They are one of the most storied franchises from coming from behind in the 8th and ninth inning. So keep your head up. Like I said, they're playing Toronto. Uh, just for giggles, we'll see if, if I can get you a score update here for a second. My guess is probably not. Because I don't know what channel they could be on. Um, they're probably on a, a crazy channel that, let's see. See if we can find this. I know this is great audio content here. But I want to get you guys an update if we can, so we're going to. As we try to comb through, yes, for people who cut the cord, it does suck for you guys that majority of the channels the Braves are on are channels you probably are not able to get. Oh, wow, MLB Network, I believe, is, is going to try to cover this. Let's see. I know this is just great here. We will uh, let's let's see if we can try to find this real quick because I want to give you guys an update. I really do. Hey, look at that! Braves and Blue Jays are tied one to one in the bottom of the third. Braves fans, don't be worried. Don't be worried. The way this works out in the wash, you guys should still win this division. Got to get that offense rolling a little bit more, a little bit more reliable than it is. And hey, once your pitchers all get off the off the injured list, you can't call it DL anymore. The injured list, then once you get everybody back and healthy, I think you're going to be a lot better off. Now, some NFL stuff, real quick, because we have to talk NFL, right? Right. The first round of the draft had some uh, a little bit of drama, not. Not a whole lot, and it mostly revolved around, well, the quarterbacks, right? That's pretty much what I'm going to talk about right here. Uh, there's been, you know, if you want to look up the draft, look up the draft. Uh, who had the best draft? We won't know. Uh, on paper, you could say it's this guy, it's that guy, it's this team, it's that team. Uh, oh, this is the best fit, this is that. We don't know. 
till they put on pads, they put on jerseys, helmets, and uh, run at each other. That's my thing. Is it could be, We've seen the most highly touted people get out there and they can't play. So, we'll see. I think some people had some pretty good drafts. I think they uh, some people reached for some things. Some people didn't. They had things fall in their lap. So, let's talk about it. Here are the, the, the big quarterback headlines and, and what I think about them. Uh, San Francisco surprised a lot of people. Not myself. I, for some reason, just never thought they were going to go Mac Jones. And they didn't. They went Trey Lance. Trey Lance, from what I've seen, should work pretty well. He's not the best fit. That would have been Mac Jones. He, Trey Lance, this this has potential. I don't want to say he's the next Brady, but Brady in the systems, the systems, the offensive system, especially the way Belichick runs a team, is already a great system. But when you have someone like Brady who can take the wheel of the offense or the defense, you know, depending on what what player they are. You could take somebody and make it better and be better in the system, and that's just a bonus. And that's what I think is happening here. We all know San Francisco has a great offense because Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds in the game right now. Having someone with the potential to make it greater and to be a greater player in it, like Trey Lance, should be the result they're looking for. He's got the running game base. He's got all kinds of weapons to throw to. They just revamped their offensive line. Although, I do believe Jimmy Garoppolo will start the season and play at least a good handful of games until he either gets injured, which is what normally happens, or proves that he uh, is faltering. I think we'll see Trey Lance midseason or so. And if we don't, then maybe we'll see him next year. But either way, him learning the system and playing under a Garoppolo we're going to see if this kid can play. If he can play, San Francisco is, is going to be right back in the middle of the playoff hunt again. Atlanta. A lot of people thought, well, they're going to grab Justin Fields. They did. Okay, well, then they probably got Mac Jones. Nope. Try again. They took the best player on the board, something they usually don't do. They took Kyle Pitts, the tight end, out of uh, Florida. This just influences and and shows us everything that we've been saying, including myself for the last couple weeks. They do not need a quarterback. You have Matt Ryan for at least, he's on the books for at least two more years. I think two to three years is what you're looking before you consider uh, otherwise. And you give him another weapon. Now we know the Julio trade pretty much has to happen. And it's pretty much probably going to happen sometime after June, after June 1st or 2nd. Because they need the extra cap room to pay draft picks and and things like that. And moving Julio off the books and splitting it into two installments, which is what the after June 1st designation will do. That is, uh, is, is what the Falcons unfortunately have to do. But you lose a tall, speedy great catcher of the football in Julio, and you just added one of Kyle Pitts. So, is he, don't think he's the replacement for Julio. He is just going to 
he is just going to probably be the option they put out there because there's they, they've moved money around enough everywhere else that this is just what has to happen. So fans look for Kyle Pitts, man. He's going to be good. Chicago, in a surprising, it was surprising that they made the move. It was not surprising why they made the move to me. They trade up. They grab Justin Fields because, hey, they screwed the Trubisky thing up. Their other options right now are Nick Foles and Andy Dalton. Why not go grab Justin Fields, even if you redshirt him for part of the year or a year? And in redshirting, I mean, he's on the active roster. He's just going to be inactive every week so that other people can't get him. And you let him learn under these two guys. And this also buys a little bit more time for the GM and coach Matt Nagy of, of the squad. Because if not, if they failed again this year and didn't try to make a move like this, well, they're probably both going to be looking for jobs. And maybe if they actually get the quarterback right, this Bears team, it already has some weapons. They could use a few more offensively, maybe a defender. But uh, that, that defense is scary. I very much like what Chicago did. Chicago had to take a chance. They had to take a risk. And they did. I see you guys with the comment there. I am seeing... No, good. Atlanta did not take a quarterback. Now, you did get Drew Dahlman, the uh, Stanford center. I like that. And uh, you got the UCF safety uh, in the second round, Richie Grant. I like that move, too. There's there's some good ones. You also got the offensive tackle, Jalen Mayfield from Michigan. I'm a Michigan fan. I'm always going to like that. But either way, that the and the other big thing is that Mac Jones. I don't necessarily know he drops. I think this is about where he was going to go anyway. He goes to number fifteen, New England, arguably where we all thought he was going to go anyway. How crazy is that, right? How crazy is that? So Belichick gets the guy that he probably wanted anyway. He set a record for taking so many Alabama players. I don't know if it's total or if it's first rounders or whatever, but it is uh, crazy. But he's big. He's big friends and big a big fan of Saban. So they coach similar. They like the style. They like the way things are run. Why wouldn't he take people he knew? It would be like uh, let's say you're a manager at work and you're looking for new salespeople. And well, of the five salespeople you have right now, three came from a particular technical school. Wouldn't you look to that technical school next? Because you've already got three from there that are not only working out and being highly successful, but it's they're all coming out ready to go. You have a pretty good success rate. Why wouldn't you keep going to that well? So we did. Uh, some other NFL news. Speaking of the Bears, there is a report that they could leave Chicago and not play at Soldier Field and move to a... Uh, place in Arlington Heights, which is about 30 miles away. 
this kind of came out of nowhere, but there is reports that the Bears want to upgrade Soldier Field because right now it is the lowest capacity attendance-wise, the lowest capacity, you know, actual seats-wise of anybody in the NFL. All right, need some improvement, some updating. Sure. We saw this here in Atlanta. And uh, the Chicago mayor has said, nah, they're not moving. They're, they're under contract till 2033 to play at Soldier Field. They're not going to move. That's that's your, your sticking point? Because a contract that you can get out of says so? Okay. Well, this is the dueling mayors, because the mayor of Arlington Heights area over there, uh, I don't remember the exact city, it may be Arlington Heights, has talked about there is a racetrack property, it's former racetrack, that is for sale. It is quite big enough, it's more than big enough to, to house an NFL stadium and, you know, adequate parking and, and if they want to build up the area with shops and restaurants and things like a lot of other places have done, that capability is there. And he says that whoever buys this racetrack is more than likely, this racetrack property is probably going to, you know, level it and start over and build everything they want the way they want it. Well, that sounds pretty enticing. Like I said, we dealt with that here in Atlanta where the Falcons the Falcons wanted to build a new arena and the city of Atlanta gladly just signed off on it. And so they demolished the dome and moved next door to Mercedes-Benz Stadium where they play now. Great stadium. Love it. Well, right behind that, before they started, the Braves said, uh, hey, we would like a little bit of assistance from the city of Atlanta in revamping Turner Field. There's some updating and some other things we need to do to it. And we would like some assistance. And the city of Atlanta said, no, we just allocated all this money to the Falcons. No. This is like telling one of your kids, oh, yeah, here's uh, money for ice cream, and telling the other one, well, you can watch them eat ice cream. So the Braves said, well, let me say this again. Uh, we would like some assistance in revamping Turner Field and updating things, fixtures. I mean, just things become outdated. Sometimes you got to replace a toilet, you know? Things happen. Maybe a fresh coat of paint, things like this. And if not, we have our eyes on a property in Cobb County, 30 minutes down the road, the Smyrna area, right near the, uh, the, the mall and everything right there. And uh, we may just move there. Atlanta goes, you're not going to move. And no, we're not going to help you. So what do the Braves do? They built a brand new stadium, SunTrust Park, which is now Truist Park. Beautiful stadium. Two places you should check out by far. And uh, they ended up selling the Turner, or the Turner Field property. got sold to Georgia State, which is why I could vouch for the updating that needed to happen. Because Georgia State is still doing that. To this day, they are updating things that uh, the Braves wanted to, but once it's not your property, more did not. Even like a rental house. You're in a rental house, and you're like, man, uh, you know, the downstairs bathroom needs a little bit of plumbing. Um, this other wall was scratched a little bit before we got here, and it needs a little bit of patchwork and, and painting. And, uh, man, the outside needs some, some help so that the basement doesn't flood. And the people you're renting from says, ah, you're not going to move it. No, I'm not going to fix that. And so 
And so you uh, decide, hey, I'm, uh, I guess I'm going to move then. And that's on you. And so the new people move in. And they're like, oh, crap, we've got to fix all this. So that's kind of what happened there. So let's see what the Bears do. I think the Bears should at least entertain the thought of this property. If for nothing else, just put the pressure on Chicago. Because, yeah, Soldier Field is, is pretty legendary, but it does, you know, doesn't mean you have to stay there. And once again, if you think they can't get out of this contract of signing on to play, play there until 2033, then I'm not sure you've watched sports in the last 10 years. Contracts are made to be broken. You just got to find a way. And then lastly, in the Aaron Rodgers saga, I uh, we saw him at the Derby. He made a handful of uh, uh, statements, none of which had to do with the Packers. Just uh, had a pretty good time. Talked about different things. Uh, he seemed like a just super chill guy. Well, reports are out now that he doesn't understand why they didn't take the San Francisco trade, which is probably not going to happen now. As well as, he doesn't understand why they won't trade him because he says he refuses to play there. And he has even went as far as to say that, well, if you guys want me to stay here, then you need to get rid of the general manager, Ron Gutekunst. First of all, that's not going to happen. Because here's what that brings up. I, I like the move. Aaron is doing everything in his power for them to listen, and they're not listening. If you were to get rid of the general manager, what's to say that Rodgers plays more than a couple more years? And then you may have lost a good general manager. The next one may not be as good. And what happens when the player leaves? Now you don't have the player or the general manager. So that's why that's not going to happen. Plus, you just got there, and he's doing a pretty good job. I don't know what's going to happen. A lot of people think that Aaron could just walk away. This is a Favre situation. If you guys don't know and hadn't heard me before, it's a Favre situation. Except for Favre's was he wasn't sure if he wanted to play or not, wasn't sure if he wanted to play or not. And then when the Packers said, you know what, we're tired of, of you trying to figure it out. So we are going to move on. At some point, the Packers are going to do that with Rodgers. Now, is it going to involve him playing for another team? Well, he could. I would have thought Chicago would be an option. Seems like Denver is his best option at this point. I could see that. Denver could use him. But this is not going to end until Rodgers is not a Packer. And even then, you better hope he's happy. Could he go to Denver? Yeah, that team's uh, it's kind of like when Peyton took that trip over there. They're loaded. They've got weapons on the outside. They've got a good running game. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a good defense. Vaughn Miller can still play. And uh, they've got good corners. They're, they're kind of poised. They're like a quarterback away. And the fact that they had not got it right in the last couple of years is what's kind of hindered them. So we'll see what happens with all that, obviously. But uh, those are the bigger storylines going on right now. Appreciate you guys tuning in for a uh, – Another great edition of the sports show. This one, rally support. Rally behind your teams, guys. Show them the support and rally behind the things you believe in. And do it peacefully. Do it peacefully. Because I know 
listen to this show do that. And I applaud you guys for all the things you guys do to make this world better each and every day. Thanks for listening. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.